When the credits start rolling, but the movie keeps haunting you. Before, after. Then it's time to tune in to Dismembering Horror. We'll talk about what worked and also what didn't. We'll dissect every aspect. Maybe someone we shouldn't. He turned out to be a completely unreliable asshole. Take it away, boys. And take it away, we shall. Hello, Tim. Hi, Ryan. And hello, everyone listening. Welcome, welcome to episode 199 of Dismembering Horror. Our lovely introduction uh, friend, the, the woman person who did the introduction <laughs> there for us. She set it up pretty well, but just also like to add every once in a while, Tim and I are just friends, filmmakers on the quest to discover the sight unseen horror films that we have not seen. We're here to delve into the darkness from a filmmaker's perspective. We're picking it apart that way. And yeah, and just hope to have some uh, fun along the way. Is that about cover it? Mm-hmm. Is that what we're doing here? Yeah. All right. And uh, today was one of those those fun dips where we just just dive into the, the the wealth of stuff that's on Shutter. There's just so much to watch on there. It's great. It's why we have it. This is definitely on my list as I scanned through of of ones that piqued my interest. Yeah, I've been hearing some stuff about it, and it is "Speak No Evil" from 2022. So very recent. All right. Well, you good to, to jump into it with the trailer? Yeah, let's watch a trailer. All right. Here we go. As I just said, uh, yeah, from 2022. Let's say the filmmakers as well. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Danish Danish group directed by Christian Tofdrup sure. and written by Christian and his brother Mads. Here we go. (laughs) Speak no evil. I want a toast to Italy, of course, to the food, of course, and to love. love. Dear Louise, Bjorn, and Agnes, how are you? We were just talking the other day how nice it was spending time with you this summer. We would love to invite you to come to visit us. Yeah, you made it! (laughs) Sorry for the mess. Gonna get much worse. Come on. <laughs> He's been cooking all day. He's making wild boar. This is for you. I'm a vegetarian. I insist. <laughs> I insist. <laughs> Hi, Abel. Abel has some difficulty speaking. He has what you call congenital aglossia, meaning basically he's born without a tongue. I love how they say the name that we just say as Agnes. Agnes. Yeah, it's uh, different than boring English speakers. (laughs) All right. So speak about, speak no evil, we are here to do today. And just to kind of tie it to our last episode... A lot of similar themes, I realized, too. Very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Like sort of the emasculation, impotence sort of vibes going on. I was going to say the, um, the, the, well, we'll save that. How about? Oh, okay. Mm. (laughs) Something to look forward to. I'm just getting ahead of myself here. 
Okay, but to not get ahead of ourselves, next, what we like to do after the trailer is rate the films per our rating system. Would we tell ourselves to avoid, stream, rent, or buy Speak No Evil? Um, I would... I, I think it's a rent. I think it's a hearty rent. I think it's a really good film, but it's, it's maddening to me, the, cho- the character choices. But they all serve a very specific purpose, so I'm like, I get it. I totally, I, I understand what the film is aiming at. Mm-hmm. And it's effective, but it is maddening to watch people make bad decisions. Mm-hmm. But in a fun way. Yeah, it, totally in a fun way. But it's just like, I think, unlike uh, Infinity Pool, where I'm like, oh, I, I want to watch that again and again because I, you know... I'm intrigued by the the layers of it. This one, I'm I'm like that's a solid movie, but I don't need to see it again anytime soon necessarily because the the overarching like character theme and choices that they make is I don't I don't want to say surface level, but like it, it's very right on this level that I'm like, okay, I get that's where we're going. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, I agree with you, but yes and no, I agree with you because it seems more like as for for one type of really relatable amount of decision-making, then there's maybe one that I wouldn't as so much. So I don't know. There's, uh, so it's that give and take. Well, I think, okay, here's a different way of putting it. There's only so much gaslighting I can watch somebody get go have to go through yeah that's kind of what it comes down to well and it being a horror thriller then seems like that should all be right up your alley totally get disturbed okay cool i yeah i feel like i maybe i don't know just just picking up on what you're dealing here fell about the same but it's just one of those movies where i just want to give it a stream because it's so exactly that quality i kind of expect and want from like Yes, I pay for this streaming service, mm-hmm. turn it on, and great. This is, I, I, you know, nothing really too, yeah. too crazy bad to say about it or anything like that. I'm satisfied with my Shutter description, uh, sure. subscription. This satisfies that. So a strong end, stream it, though it's probably like maybe at the quality of some things I've said rent it to. Yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, to continue on... Uh, what was this film? Do you want to enlighten us with a brief summary? Is that something I'm capable of doing? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, okay. So two families are on vacation in Tuscany. They don't know each other, um, but it's a uh, husband, wife, child, both families. Bjorn, Louise, and little Agnes. Right. And then on the flip side, you have Patrick, um, Karen, Karen, and Abel. Yeah. So they kind of hit it off at, in Tuscany and uh, have a friendly series of interactions on their vacations and then they go their separate ways. Um, but they've made friends and uh, Patrick and Karen invite uh, Bjorn and... Wait, what was the other wife's name? Uh, wait, who's? <laughs> Bjorn, oh, oh Bjorn, Louise. Bjorn, Bjorn, Louise, yeah. Yeah, they invite them to come visit them in Holland. They're Danish. Um, 
the, the I mean Bjorn and and Luis are Danish and Patrick and Ag uh yeah uh and oh my god Karen too many names Karen are uh Dutch and so they say yeah that'd be cool and they they drive there and pretty quickly there are little hints of of things that just feel a little bit off and maybe just just things that you most people would acknowledge and then mm, likely disregard but that escalates up into a point where it's like no th- this is too weird they're acting weird the hosts are acting too weird for the the visitors taste and they pack up and they bounce in you know secret um but then they are compelled to go back and then you sort of from then on it's it's a bit of a a spiral i guess of should we have stayed or should we have gone and the answer is they should have gone isn't it always in horror films yeah um and it's all couched in this patrick in particular his very mercurial um bombastic personality where sort of one moment he's super charming and then next he's like a little bit off that like flying off the handle and and then immediately snapping back into charming and manipulative and we learn that he's just full of shit like all the things that they've said about themselves is a lie and um, the visitors are are in danger. And should I tell the end? Sure. This okay. is a summary. <clears throat> and uh, we. this is all in the spirit of that you've seen it before, but if not, then it's just getting us all on the same page, all the same. So the husband, Bjorn, has spent a lot of time being kind of wishy-washy about his own, like, should he stand up for himself or his family or should he... Um, placate Patrick and and their their hosts out of politeness. Um, what he discovers is that the the child um, Abel, who by the way has had has a quote unquote deformity of not having a tongue, which is complete insanity to me. Uh, right away, I was like, oh, somebody cut his tongue out. Yep. It looks that way for sure. Exactly. Um, That that kid is one in a series of kidnapped children from other families that Patrick and Karen met on vacation and did exactly what they're doing to this family. And they are going to ultimately kidnap their child, Agnes, and presumably kill the parents. And uh, that's that's just it. That's what happens. Yep. They they fall prey to their own niceties, basically, and and lack of upfront, just straight up communication or or trusting your gut type stuff. And that's that that's their flaw. They 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 die because of it. Mm-hmm. And I'd say that's uh, you said the word niceties. That's kind of what this movie is for me as an exploration about social interactions and niceties yeah when they become not so nice yeah like when you're dealing with psychopaths (laughs) yeah 
You don't be nice to like, you don't have to be nice when people make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Like that's just a, a, a thing that I think maybe generationally we, you and I, or maybe me even more than you had to learn that you don't have to be nice to, to people who make you uncomfortable because we were, it was so emblazoned on us and like put on us that always be polite no matter what. Like, don't stir it up. Don't, like, cause a scene. Don't, like, ruffle any feathers. Just be polite. And it's like, when people are being completely insane and assholes, you, you don't have to be polite to them. Even when they don't know that they're being a jerk. Let's come back to this. Okay. That was a PSA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Then let's get into it here uh, with all, all that worked about this film in our section, What Worked. What Worked. Okay, yeah, I mentioned themes with uh, Infinity Pool. It's that oh. whole um, that idea that we we don't present our full, honest selves and just how we want to be at any given moment. I mean, there's that great scene in this film that's like the Garden State scene. I kind of want to call it. Hmm. Uh, which what are you referring to? I, I do to? not like that movie, but it's, it's funny because it's like the obvious, it was the trailer image from Garden State, the poster image where they yell into the chasm. Oh, that's right. So there's the that scene in this movie. But that comes right after, or it's part of the same scene where Patrick says to Bjorn, or Bjorn kind of confesses to Patrick, like, I, I don't know who I am. I feel this me that's just like this regular guy, but I have this feeling right here that like I'm more, yeah, I forget exactly right. how he and puts And that it's it. being pushed down all yeah. the time. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's exactly that kind of infinity pool theme mm -hmm. of what they're doing with uh, the scars guard in that film. <laughs> well, and that's why I use the term impotent and, and I don't mean it in a sexual way. I mean that like we, we don't feel actualized or we feel that our, our truest self is being kind of like suppressed by the world and that we're not complete or we're, we're not able to fulfill ourselves because of certain social norms or, right. or, or obligations. Which is specifically what this one's about, what is doing it different is like you're talking about politeness. It's as I saw it, it's an exploration of politeness versus honest self. And it's just so fascinating. Yeah. Kind of like what you said just then, you know, us being a little different age, maybe that has something to do with something just that like, just finding that line is always so fascinating. And this thought this film was like so good at exploring all of that. Um, I will still, in spite of the fact that I like wholeheartedly believe that you should speak up whenever something feels off or uncomfortable, I will still reserve that <laughs> in certain situations for the sake of not if I know the other person is volatile, mm -hmm. I will. I'll be like, well, I shouldn't say that tactfully because if I say this, if I call them out, I can anticipate that their reaction will be so volatile that like that's worse. That, right. That that, that, it, that like confrontational volatility 
could lead to something much worse than what I'm feeling right, right now. Like, like physical harm. Like sure, them, exactly, yeah, yeah. But for this one, what's great is the context is, oh, these are just new friends that we made. And it's so great that it just starts it so well with the themes of when they're debating whether they should go or not, they say, well, I have to go because it would be rude not to. <laughs> yeah. And there, that's their, that's their sowing the seed of their own demise right there. Um, it was so fascinating too. And I mean, this again, like Infinity Pool, so many movies, it's, it's in that idea of, you know, your honest self versus trying to be polite or reserved or just going outside your comfort zone, whatever. There's that allure we see in Infinity Pool where, where you have someone in this case is they're just beyond terrible people, yet they seem like they're functioning better in the sense of being themselves in a way. So it's like how you feel like where you can relate. It's why you, you get them to scream and have a, a good right. time and be themselves a bit more. Like, is it so terrible to, to, to make out on the dance floor? Like whatever, yeah. all those things come up, but just that's just what's so fascinating to me is like the idea of someone who's, you know, horrible serial killers, whatever, in the worst sense of the worst possible sense. Um, that they are somehow quote unquote better in a certain regard that right. you aren't in being that more honest self. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like they're dictating the moral like hierarchy. Like the, and and by saying, hey, everything's cool, and in in a way, they're they're taking like a neutral stance. Mm-hmm. Like they're, hey, no judgment on anything, man, because it's all good is a position that's really manipulative mm-hmm. because it 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 supposes that you are above any sort of like moral statute mm-hmm. that you you're outside of that and your neutrality somehow makes you superior. Well, and that's really messed like it's really really manipulative. Well, what I thought was so good about this film is that the couple Bjorn and Louise, they did speak up in certain mm-hmm. certain thing, you know, in certain instances where she's, they, you know, they'll say, actually, that's not okay to talk to your kid like that. It's not okay to talk to our kid like that. So yeah. that way the conflict is just at that level of nuance where I was able to engage with yeah. it versus being like, oh, they're just totally passive and annoying. No, exactly. But the response is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. The response is always this, like, this stance of neutrality and like, it's not a big, it's not that big a deal. Like you're overreacting, mm-hmm. which is all gaslighting, right? You know how many times, like they say the word relax. Mm-hmm. so many times in this movie <laughs> and like that stance and that posturing of like if you get called out and you go whoa hey relax it's yeah. not that big a deal like you're overreacting like right. calm down <laughs> that's so shitty right and so like the whole movie is that and it's just making me go Ugh! but then as soon as they do that it's like i loved the scene where they're driving in the car he's drunk he blasts the music Oh. And then, but what I'm saying, he then, rather than just being like, it's all cool, he does say, you know what, I apologize, I'm sorry for not doing right. that, which is another form of that. I And that, then like cranks the music back right. up, you know what I mean? It's like, it's this, it's this push-pull method of, of just manipulation. That, that scene especially got to me in a way, it's just that feeling of like, he's like a recent example, like I don't get like mad or irritated with people too often, but I was like, Last year, you know, with some people who are drunk and stuff, and someone was doing something that, like, I was like, uh, what was it? Like, how do I just say it generally? Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> just name names, man. <laughs> right. Right. 
But it was basically, it wasn't what he was doing that was frustrating that I was kind of like, oh, hey, you know, wait, uh, if you're doing that, be aware of this is basically what I was saying. Sure. Was it me? Uh, Yes, it was you, Tim. Oh, sweet. Because what I was so frustrated about was not that he wasn't doing the thing, but that he literally wasn't listening. It was like talking to like a blank wall. Sure. Just that feeling Which, of like someone just flat out ignoring you, making you feel like right. Mr. Cellophane. That's like such a trigger for me of just totally. like feeling like I'm non-existent all of a sudden. And I'd have to like go and like grab him by the throat to get his attention. It's a very drunk person thing. Yeah. Behavior, <laughs> which, which yeah, sucks. Came up with someone afterwards. was like, oh man, yeah, you really got mad. And I'm like, no, I wasn't. I was mad at not at being ignored, flat out ignored. Right, right. So that, see, this movie, that just like, I don't know, it was great. And just that for me is like the ultimate, just kind of like, a, yeah, just the ultimate icky feeling yeah. from, from these people. Dismissal is mm-hmm. is is a weaponized dismissal mm-hmm. is a really, really egregious thing to do to people. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> um, what do you, like, what do you do? You You're literally being shut out. Yeah. And the, and and you're complete. You have zero agency then. Yeah. And that sucks to be in. Yeah. Because you are at that point just completely helpless. Right. Because it's not that like having the music loud is that big of a deal. It's it why it gets at it so perfectly. It's the ignoring when you ask for it to be turned down. Yep. Um. I thought the plotting in like the horror movie suspense movie sense of just everything that was wrong was just. It was just like pitch perfect on every single like, yeah, when it, came, when it came and the level at which it was. So like the kid with no tongue, like, oh, he doesn't have a tug. Um, <laughs> how they treated him, the way that escalated when they're all of a sudden like, yeah, when he asks him to get off the slide, um, finding out that he's not a doctor. Uh, when, um, God, it was this. Oh, when like the 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 other mom... Karen starts telling the daughter, like acting like the daughter is her daughter. Right, right. The um, the babysitter who arrives Ooh. and like, being, oh no, it's so fine. Leave your child with this babysitter. <laughs> there are so there's so many no fucking way right moments. But like, and- I like because you can obviously. You think objectively nobody in their right mind would do these things, but it's like, no, they do. And we do, we fall prey to this feeling all the time. Because of you want to be socially nice, acceptable, whatever right. that Right, like you, yeah. you override your instinct of like, actually, this is totally insane. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine that you had a kid <laughs> and you were, <laughs> you were in another country with a family that you don't know. And they said, we're going to dinner and no big deal. We invited, we, we hired a babysitter that we trust to watch over your kid by themselves. What's, yeah. Absol- there is absolutely no scenario where I would be like, well, I'm not really comfortable with that, but okay. Well, no what, way, no <laughs> way. What's so good about it in the horror movie sense is, it can play where they are just, or in like a real life sense too, or why it works in a horror movie sense. It could play that they are actually that oblivious or they are just that deeply sinister and messing with them on that level, which was like the the vegetarian meat thing too was so good. Because oh. they, they made a point when they first meet that he kind of starts like, basically that you'd think he would remember she's vegetarian. They talk about it enough. So that way, when we get to, he's like basically force feeding her the meat. 
we are going, okay, is but he seems like he'd remember, but at the same time, maybe he'd forget. It's just like, just, oh, it's on such a delicious level. That's right. Of, it's these it's these allowances that we give people that we don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we give it to people that we do know too, but like in particular, we give people this sort of allowance or benefit of the doubt out of the nicety component because we're like, well, we rationalize these things. Mm-hmm. Maybe he forgot. Maybe he's a little drunk. Maybe, 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 you know, like maybe that's just a quirk of his personality. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck that. No, he sucks. He's like... Disregard and dismissal are like two of the worst things that have like personality traits. And if you're exhibiting that, like goodbye. Right. But then you get it when they're just like, I'm sorry, I was drunk. So, and so here's the thing. This whole movie isn't to me an exercise in people knowingly manipulating other people, right? Because they have an agenda. We find out by the end that their agenda is to manipulate them long enough to make the swap. It really is just like how con artists work. It's like That's they're right. exactly That's that. Exactly right. They are a they are a target or a mark, right? And they are being grifted into this final scenario, mm-hmm. which is their death and their child's uh, kidnapping and mutilation, then kidnapping. Right, and so the brilliance, I think, of the storytelling is that. We spend the whole movie asking essentially the same questions that that Bjorn and, and Luisa are in that, are they for real? Is this them being assholes? Is this them being malevolent? Is this them just being quirky? You know what the biggest red flag should have been? Not them abusing their kid, but when they didn't want to pay for the dinner. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was like yeah. so truly a con artist moment totally, right there. Totally. Like just how he pulled that off. But it's all, it's also, it's, I can see a scenario where there are times when Patrick and Karen uh, don't follow through with it. Mm-hmm. That they go, they're not a good enough mark. They're not playing along well enough mm-hmm. for us to finish it out. So let's just, not not steal this kid Mm -hmm. and and that that implies that it's all very tact uh tactful that it's all like a planned out thing like they're they're testing the mark at every turn how far how much can we get away with these guys and that determines whether or not they're going to take the kid Mm -hmm. now when bjorn finally says we're out of here and they leave and Agnes, happens twice. Well, actually. it has said twice. So the first time. Yeah. So the first time they actually leave and they come back because of the the bunny. And I think that's when Louisa says the first time we're out oh, of here. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Louisa's the first one to be like. Bjorn says it when he finds the evidence that they killed a bunch of people. <laughs> Fair enough. It took him that, mu- that much. Not, yeah. It didn't take him knowing that his daughter was like put in a bed with a naked dude. Right. <laughs> what? what? Like. I kept thinking, sorry, let me go back to where where I was going. Uh, Because I'll just go on a tangent of like how angry it all makes me. (laughs) So they, the, the, the decision to go back to get the bunny in that conversation, it's not even about the fact that they go back. It's the fact that they allow the conversation to happen Mm -hmm. when they go back, Mm -hmm. Bjorn in particular, and they open the door for 
Patrick and Karen to give all of these gaslighting excuses and turn turn it around on them to be like, I'm so sorry that you felt uncomfortable. We don't have a lot of money. We don't have a big enough bed for you. They're just totally taking the shit on that on their thin excuse as to why to leave because their excuse to want to leave is really initially made up. Like they're just like, oh, let's just be nice about it and say that like the bed was too small and we didn't feel like staying around. And then, you know, so they're using that. The point of this is I could see a scenario where when they come back and that conversation doesn't work, they just say, okay, well, bye. They're testing them to see if they'll stay. Mm-hmm. They're saying, you know, if you want to leave, you can leave. That's fine. We get it. But like today's going to be a really good day. So we hope you stay. Right. I don't think at that point in this, in the grift, would they push back or like grab them or like say, if they were to leave in that moment, they wouldn't be like, Patrick and, and Karen wouldn't be like, actually, let's like close the door and, and block their way from leaving. I think they just let them leave. And so I imagine there's scenarios where that has happened. But they're so good at the manipulation. That's the horror of it. Well, they it's that personal touch too of feeling like, oh, I must be the one who's wrong when they, you know, when they call them out. It's like, oh, well, your child was calling for you in the middle of the night and you Where weren't were coming. You? Yeah. Where were you? We know what they were yeah. doing. <laughs> they know exactly because he's yeah. looking through the window at him <laughs> and B- Bjorn doesn't tell his wife. Yeah. This is what makes me angry. All of those little things, every little thing that they do as a manipulation would, now I say this in my mind, I, I honestly don't know how I would react in, in real life. I, I'd like to think that I'd react strongly. I, I'm pretty sure I would. But like my visceral reaction to the daughter having been taken into their bed, like as the mom, I said out loud, I was like, if I saw that, if I, the second I knew that that kid might be in their bed, I would go get a fucking knife and I walk into that room. And if she's in their bed, I would hold that knife to that guy's neck and be like, I will slit your fucking throat. What did you do last night? Like that's the, 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 what it evokes in me. And to see the character not do that is both upsetting and the per- like uh, serving a purpose for the sake of the movie. Right. But I I get how within the movie it it works because like what I already said where they they made them instantly feel like they did the wrong thing. But I'm talking about in the moment. Mm-hmm. In the actual moment. And so to me I'm I'm watching it going I almost don't believe. Wait, so wait, what are you well, saying? Okay, what- let me not I'll, I'll leave that for later. What I but what works. What I like yes. about that is that when you see the character not do the thing that you want to do, like not react as strongly as you might react, you're already triggered into this state of like fervor, right? Because I'm like, I would, I would fucking, ooh. and when the mom doesn't do that, you're like, how can you not do that? Like, what's wrong with yeah. you? And so it's furthering this feeling of helplessness as the viewer which is what they're going through too. So it's actually good storytelling because it's making, it's getting us on board with them even though we're naturally like beyond where they are. Mm-hmm. So it's it's making you even more crazy, which that's the whole gist of what these two assholes are doing in the first place. They are making them crazy. 
my favorite scene for that, perhaps, because it also was just so the perfect embodiment of all these ideas and themes of just like, what do you do in this situation was the shower scene where she's naked in the shower showering. Oh, oh my God. And, uh, you know, our, our Louise, who are with, and then old Patrick comes stumbling in, takes a piss, stumbles out. It's like what, it's like, just makes, he's so uncomfortable. He, he brushes his teeth. But think he of, spends right. a whole like right. minute brushing his teeth. But think about it, like, cause what's going, as far as just like, what do you do in that situation is so good because- you say something, you immediately make it more awkward because you don't know if he's just thinks it's normal and casual or Correct. he's literally just drunk and not aware and not thinking about it. So it's like not knowing which one of those it is, what do you do, how long it is, do you say something about it afterwards? If it goes on a certain length, do you just say, get out of here? It's like, it was just, ugh. Was that like, is the the tool. Yeah. So. Wait, the tool? The tool. <laughs> the tool. It's the mechanism that, that people like this are always using. It's mm-hmm. the tool that they use. The tool is let me put somebody else in a situation to have to ask that particular question. Well, if I react, am I like overreacting and being a, a weirdo? So you're putting it back on them. And if I don't react, like, am I like not standing up for myself. And the timing could have been that uh, it was her husband entering. So that's why, you know, you don't immediately go get out. I was surprised that she didn't just say, is that you Bjorn? Yeah. And I kept waiting for her to do it. But then I'm like, like you're saying, then you go, well, what's the consequence if she says that? And it's Patrick. And he goes, that's an invitation. You've just opened the door for him to interact with you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's so messed up to do that to people. Yeah, and that's exactly it, where it's like you'd rather just minimize the interaction as much as possible. But, the but pr- then you're immediately feeling like you're the, you're the victim in a way for yeah. like, uh, it just messes with you. It's bad. But you see uh, what I mean? That scene particularly. Just oh, like, yeah. It's like the movie in a nutshell in the best ways. Yeah. Without a question. It, it's always framing things or putting yourself in the position to be able to say, well, you're the you're the root of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what a good manipulator does. And I mean, good in as in bad, <laughs> but good at manipulating. I mean, there's also just the read being from here. It's like. The, uh, the I don't know if it's a stereotype, but the idea that Europeans are just so casual about nudity that it's like, oh yeah, he's just going in, whatever. No but big again, deal. <laughs> again, that's yeah, using that as a tool. It's 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 weaponizing incompetence, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is bad. You're like, oh, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. How about I didn't know that I shouldn't uh, yell at my quote unquote son and that's throw just, things on the ground because he can't dance exactly to the beat and he's five years that's old. That's the way we do it. I'm sorry if you think that our ways are different. <laughs> that was a great scene too. Oh my god! Do you notice that the 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 mug that he breaks is one of the mugs that they gifted them? Oh, perfect! Yeah. Great. I saw him drinking from it, so yeah, yeah. Um, but that scene too, yeah, where it's. Great in the sort of horror movie sense, too, of, like, making us actually feel a little bit of joy by, like, having the cute kids share their share their cute little dance they came up with. 
And then just having him like freak out. And that was one of the times where it was nice to have Bjorn speak up at me like, they're just kids. Like, are you crazy? Right. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it was another good scene. I like that. I mean, every single scene is working on that, Mm -hmm. like that mm, framework. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's using that framework. I think the great element of the film is that it's progressing but maintaining that framework in every scene. Mm-hmm. But every scene gets a little bit worse and mm-hmm. a little bit worse. And that, that, I think that's why when you see like trailers or, or, or you know, uh, critiques of this movie, everybody's saying, oh, this like just the build of suspense throughout is so well done. It's plotted really well. It's like, get, it just keeps growing and we keep thinking they might get out of it, but we kind of know that they won't. And then they go back and it's a little bit worse and then it gets a little better. And right. It gets a little worse. Like and then I, it gets a little better. I loved uh, how it did take, I mean, till that, the ending to actually know, you know, stuff is really going down here to get that confirmation that they were kidnapping people, killing people. Um, because then we could have all like the, what is the real juice of the movie here? Just that everything, all those scenes we've been talking about in the suspense sense of like, like I, I, maybe it was like halfway through, but it was so suspenseful when they were leaving that first time. Yeah. And yeah, that felt about like the midway. Right. Right. And then the, the girl, uh, Agnes, Agnes, she, Thinks she leaves her stuffed rabbit behind. That's Shakespearean, <laughs> right? right there, that like it really she finds is. it right after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but just it was just so much fun just to have that movie moment suspense of like, oh, like the joy of them leaving, and right. then the tension of like, oh, of course they're going back, oh, no, 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 and it's the early morning, and are they going to be seen? Oh, I just loved that. It was so much fun. What it's doing the best is that thing that we traditionally uh, associate with kind of bad horror, this trope of like, don't go in there, you idiot. Mm-hmm. But it's doing it on a on a more humanly like based logic that we are still saying, don't don't go back, you fucking idiot. An but emotional like we, logic. Right, yeah, and, yeah. exactly. So it's doing that exact thing that we associate with horror. Well, right. What's cool about that scene is when... We're, we were late to the mom when she's saying, sorry, honey, like, we'll get you another one. We just have to go. It's like, yeah, man, just get out of there. Leave the rabbit behind. But then when the when uh, Agnes is like, you know, I want the same one, da 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 you know, starts freaking out. What's the problem? Why can't we just go back? You know, they're, what are they going to do to us, basically? I found myself then going back to my like adolescent self and relating to her and feeling like how traumatizing that would be to have Mm -hmm. like a parent yell at me and basically tell me like your best friend, your dog, sorry, we're just leaving it behind. It's, you know, it's like so important to you. So it's like, I get then why the husband would want to turn around sort of looking at it from the daughter's perspective in a way. It's, It's, I related to everyone. It's also a, a, foil for the 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 theme of the movie of like placating the the person in who claims to be in need mm-hmm. right like he's appeasing her in the face of actual danger mm-hmm. although he in the moment is not yet at that level but it's it's like i turned to brit and i said can we agree 
that like if either of us are ever in a situation where the other person is feeling uncomfortable and expresses that, that we don't dispute it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We just say, if you need to leave, if you tell me, if you turn to me and you say, I need to go, there is absolutely no like argument about it. That's a good couple rule. Right? Like, because <laughs> the second you start to undercut it, like, then you're, you're, you as a couple are, be, you're dismissing your partner. Then. What's the problem? Right, Chill you out. Yeah, you cannot, you can never <laughs> do that. Like absolutely rule, you can't do it. But what's so cool about how this is done is it's done on every level, right? Like the, the politeness is, is running the show. And even with his daughter, he wants to appease her. He wants to be polite to her and like do what's quote unquote right for her in that moment by making her feel good. So it all kind of does come down to this. Like, I'm just trying to make everybody, I'm doing everything for everybody else, Mm -hmm. which is kind of what he says in the car. He's like, I just, I like, I'm so sick of smiling all the time. Like we smile to appease other people, to make other people feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Right, like we also smile to smile. I understand, but I'm saying that we smile when we don't want to mm. for the sake of other people, and he's doing that constantly. And like the wife, I don't know. The wife does it. She seems more on her instincts and more right. Like she's the one who speaks up when to explain why they're leaving. Right, right. Yeah. Like she's she's on the level, but she falls prey to it too. Like after all of that, I mean, actually the real, the real, I mean, the husband is really like Bjorn, he's really, really the problem Mm -hmm. because when he sees that, that that Abel has been murdered and he finds out that these people are murdering children and families in the sake of, for the sake of keeping somebody else's kid. I thought to myself, okay, you now it's it's go it's like sprint into the house, get your family and get out of there like as fast as possible. And there's still this like hesitation on his I part. I didn't detect that. I thought he was rushing. Oh man, he eventually does rush. But like there's this kind of I thought he was trying to stay quiet. Mm, he so he goes from the finding the pictures first to then creeping around for another minute or two and finding Abel dead. Mm. And that, I'm like, I'm already gone. The pictures are enough. Okay, I, I forget it that way. I thought it was just like he happened to see it when The second back. we were like, oh, that's what's going on, my instinct was you start running. So what are you saying works for you? So what, I, what worked is that He's not that guy. Mm-hmm. That's the point of, of his character. He's so not that guy that he won't even tell his wife in that moment what's up. Mm-hmm. He just says, you know, get up. They get into the field. The car runs out of gas or gets stuck. And he says, just stay here right. and lock so, the doors. It's like, no, dude. <laughs> step out of the car with your wife and say, we're in deep shit right now. Right. That was the thing where I was like, almost maybe it's a, a what did not work because I'm like, was just so frustrated that he wouldn't fill her in on the situation right. because he obviously should right but then. that's who he is. But at this point it was like, no, the movie 
being the movie it is right. does justify that he's making he's, these mistakes. His character is not allowed to do that because everything he does is is for the sake of keeping the peace. Right. So if he tells his wife in that moment what's going on, he risks her completely like melting down. And then that gets in the way of potentially them getting away. They would be alive if not for that, which is why right. it's so good the final uh, line, the <laughs> sort of always the, the the horror movie moment, it becomes a thing. I feel like uh, it's just really interesting when writing films, like how to how to deal with this moment. But essentially asking the killers, why are you doing this? Straight up what he asks. And uh, Patrick says, because you let me. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. So here's what I... I really like about this style of movie. It's telling us exactly what it is the whole way through, but it's framed in a way to make us question what it is until that moment. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's so thematically consistent uh, that of course, uh, like, and we, I mean, whatever, it's a movie. We know we're getting into a movie. We know where it's going, but like, it's not afraid to just like be, what it is and say, look, this is a, this is a movie about people, uh, <laughs> like people suffering the consequences of their niceties because they let people be assholes to them. That's it. That's the whole movie. And it's just a, every scene is a reinforcement of that thing. And they're not like squishy about it. They're just like, yeah, that's, that's what this is. And I like that. I think that's, I don't know, I was going to say refreshing, but it's not refreshing. It's just like, it's comforting. It made me think like the way, yes, yes. It was, it was, it was what I was going to say, it's well done. And since it made me think of the way like that you sort of defeat this sort of manipulative con artist thinking is to catch them in their own established logic. Oh, that's which, interesting. If you remember, I don't like to talk about it, but I got conned by the con queen of Hollywood. I know, poor to make poor that Ryan. public, which I whatever um, I just did. But I remember it was like the way out of it. I was with you here was like just to know, like confirm what we had last talked about, and then be like, oh no, no, I I didn't change my mind because we said this last, and right. then that left him. Okay, well, great. Then we'll wait to talk about that. Okay, and great. then he's gone. Yes, right. So because he knows that you're you've you've caught on yeah or you're or you're no longer playing the game right i'm no longer getting yeah he's no longer he, he didn't find that little in anymore of oh well let's just do this then whatever it was right. but that was he so could have tried but yeah i think you would you would you would kind of painted him into a corner so to speak by by calling that out mm-hmm um, it was so messed. That whole thing. <laughs> right. I thing speak sucked. from that. And that is why I made the con artist connection earlier. Right, um, right. But no, so in this film, um, it's like he could have found that out if they had just stuck to the, uh, the bed's too small. Um, Agnes isn't comfortable here. Sure. Like that's all they could have left it at. They could have been out and clean, right. but instead they got goaded just that little bit to reveal like a little yeah, more, yeah. which is then where they found their con artist in again. I, I have another take on, on tactic to, to, def, you know, to defend against this shit. Manipulators will always put the onus of responsibility on you. Mm-hmm. 
you do not owe them an explanation ever. Mm-hmm. If somebody says, well, I need to know why, you say, not, it's not your problem. I'm not going to give you that. And the second you extinguish that pathway, they no longer have leverage. Right. And that's essentially what I mean by it's like the, a form of that is going, oh, we aren't comfortable because the bed, period. Sure, you sure. Know? Yeah, you can just you could just <laughs> dig in. And they could be like, well, this and that. And you're like, doesn't change anything. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. Oh. These oh man. <laughs> these people, the fact that they that it exists and it exists in a seemingly prevalent way is really upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I've seen people like yourself and like my buddy Peter, same stuff. Just just got completely wrapped up in a very, very talented con artist's, like, thing. And, like, you have no idea. You have no way of knowing that you're getting taken. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had people do it in a, in a less... Um, in a less mechanical way, I guess. I don't know what else to call it. Like, in a less, like, formal grift way. Mm-hmm. And more in the way of like, oh, I'm just going to like kind of take advantage of Tim's like um, generosity. And like eventually, you know, it's not like I've lent a lot of people money, (laughs) which is really dumb of me. But it's like it's always people who I've gotten close enough to know or feel as though like this person is not the person who's going to like screw me over. And then they always do. The people who ask or need money and come to you, come to you because they know you're a good mark. In spite of friendship or whatever. And I've had five probably, yeah, I probably had five people who still owe me hundreds if not thousands of dollars, which is wild, right? And the whole game is like, be there, be the friend, you know, Get like draw you into the friendship enough to know whether or not you can take advantage of the friendship and then be careless enough to need money. And when you ask for the money, make every ostensible promise that you can and will pay that money back. And you do it first, right? They all did it first. They started like, I'd be like, okay, well, you know, if you just pay me, you know, a hundred bucks a month for the next month or for the next year, then we're paid up. And they'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah no problem. You get like three months in and suddenly I they know disappear. I'm a day behind in our <gasps> mic payments, That's not Tim. what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about this other thing, which is so clearly a manipulation. It's just a, you know, they test the waters and then they go, okay, now I can do that. I can get away with it. You, you got me thinking of like, so what then, what is... Like that initial bridging of trust, like how do we try to extend our network of who is friends and who we can trust? And like the the case in that situation with me, it was because he came from like a really good friend of mine. Yeah, and yeah. Trust. It was like a first con that you go through almost. How do but you not, like, how do you now not be cynical about everything? Right. That's the real trick. Right. Uh, well, not, I don't need to get into that, but. Um, well, I think you, you know, we have to have a baseline of faith in, in people, mm-hmm. but it goes both ways. This is, this is where I have failed in this 
in this two-way street. I could sit around being like, oh, I'm the victim of these people taking advantage of me. Right. Right? And I am in the sense that they they are okay and, and carried through with that, that like, manipulation or, or taking advantage of. But I also was too passive about it. That's why I think you're- I could go show up at any of these people's right. doors and be like, <laughs> Here's the deal. I think that's why you like your deal with Brit is a good idea. It's like, and you sort of have that with yourself, basically. Now. Any weird feelings, <laughs> then I'm out. But I think it's good to sort of assume the best up until then. Correct. Um, but what I was going to say, too, I just thought kind of connected to it's fascinating. I mean, any industry, but like being in LA here, like you only get hired if someone else who already works for them is hired. That's how you get hired. Like, yeah. My good grades, I know my mediocre grades, whatever in college, did not matter for anything as far oh, as no. getting those first jobs. I could have dicked off way more in these classes I didn't care about. Forget yeah. filling the quantitative requirements. It's just, it's, it's, I get it though. And it's just kind of interesting and illustrates how it's just all about do you have a pre established connection with this person right. that you trust them? And, 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 and that, but that will only take you so far. If you don't put in the work to match the leveling up that you are getting. To match the leveling up. Okay. What? <laughs> so if you if you rely solely on network, mm -hmm. you can you can level up, right? Like you can get a job that you probably technically aren't like qualified. That's for. how it works. Yeah. You That's how it work works. Up. Yeah. To a degree. There's like a cap, I think, for a lot of professions where I mean it goes both ways, but let's just say there's a technical skill involved. And if you're not also continuing to learn in the, in the leveling up that you're uh, experiencing, you will come to a point where you are so far in over your head that you will fail at that thing. Mm -hmm. And then people will go, well, don't hire that guy mm -hmm, anymore. Mm -hmm. So there's this like negotiation where it's like, you can only rely on like the nepotism or the network for so long, if you're not also keeping up yeah. with the Joneses. I, I didn't mean to change the conversation that much. Do you have a way to connect <laughs> that to? Oh, God. Uh, well, what, no. <laughs> what I was going to say, okay. Don't get me started on the industry, right? Right, exactly. No, so what I was coming to with this film and this uh, circumstance, kind of just listing the different reasons, you know, there's the trusted source, how you get exposed to new people, mm -hmm. new friends. In this case, though, it was the... Um, almost the class version of it. Mm. We can, but it's is that we can both afford to be on this trip. He's a doctor. Oh yes, and the ultimate uh, mode of trust, their parents. Yeah, the presumption of of uh, e like equality or or right. not equality, but being on the same level. Like, um, I remember a friend. She was like moving across a couple states. And like, she like didn't trust like the, the mover who's going to tow her truck or whatever on first glance. But then like when his son came out, she was like, oh, I, I feel better about it now kind of thing. And I just thought like, could be the worst parent you ever met. Absolutely. You know? But it's just funny on her like instinctual yeah. level. So it's like you get, that's what happened with these people. Yeah. Well, and, and is there a line in here that speaks to this, um, I can't remember if they say this or if I kind of imagined it, but this like, well, we, you know, we could use more friends kind of vibe when they get that, the letter. Yeah. I feel like there's this, this 
undertone. Maybe I was just filling it in. I think it was more flattery is their mode they were coming from. Like, we just had such a great time. Mm -hmm. We loved you and... And, and well, just, they use the kid, right? That's that's the that's the thing that they're that that the the bad guys are using. They're like Abel, you know, has hasn't stopped talking about Agnes and and the level. Yes, that was a big one, and the um the enticing bit of like what uh of, of I don't want to say normalcy. I was saying that last episode, but just the idea. It's like the way I liked how they put uh. You know, when they're listing of what the what they're offering, they say like uh long walks, wine, good conversation. That sounds just so of the mode yeah. of like parents, ah, yes, those they yeah, ah, I, think I we, like the sound of I that. I think I'm filling in this blank because I know a lot of youngish parents yeah. who you hear this this refrain of like, we never have time for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because they don't, because life is hard and you are busy all the time. And like when you have kids, it's exponentially busier right? right and so this this the invitation to get a respite from that is so appealing right and why my brain was i guess going to the word normal normalcy it was that um that they're going oh these people are normal because they like normal things <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know yeah, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. good right. wine long walks sounds great okay they're normal yeah. what a good griff yeah <laughs> god uh that's great. So, I mean, we got to touch on these more horrific aspects, though. I mean, tip my hat to any film that, quote unquote, goes there. It's It was interesting kind of reading some of the, the reviews on Letterboxd, like lower ones that said just like, <laughs> this is just, if if you cause harm to kids in a film, you're, you've lost me. You should not exist. That's I, interesting. I don't justify, you know, that you you're, exist That's as a you film. saying that? No, no. Reading reviews. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Do you agree? No. That's okay. why I tip my hat. <laughs> I mean, you know, the house that Jack built is like a five out of five for me. Yeah. I love that movie. movie no, I mean, I, I just look, I go like, look, this is horror. Yeah. This is where we go to these places. That's interesting. I, though I do want to acknowledge I'm not a parent. So, I, oh, you know, well, I am a parent. I'm a surrogate parent in the sense that I like have a niece and nephew and two God kids. And, okay. Like, so I, and I helped raise my, my God kids, um, so I can, I can relate stronger, but not fully, I think. Because I, yeah, also don't have mm-hmm. actual kids. <laughs> and may never bother to because <laughs> who would want to bring a kid into the world? But you're saying no. you still fall in the line, though, of like, yeah, man, go there. It's a horror movie. I do. I, I, well, it makes me wonder where the threshold would be. I think visceral child like well no i don't know i, I, I just i think it's all kind of fair game i mean i mean it, it can be done obscenely and that's not cool maybe i mean who knows i'm not saying this is this could be saying something bad about me for all i know <laughs> but just the fact to get a reaction is a lot of times why we what we want from movies and sure. just the way that scene was handled there's almost a matter of factness to it yeah. that was just really got to me and just was so incredible of the way they, when they cut off her tongue yeah, is just like, this is happening now. <laughs> Here we go. I, at no point in the process of that scene, like stepped out of the scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was just like, Oh, here it is. Mm-hmm. There, it's, it's going to happen. And Oh boy, there it is. It, that like where we're, we've, we've moved into that realm of this movie. And it never occurred to me to be like, 
Oh, too much. It almost helps in a way if you look at it. I mean, what I was kind of saying earlier, like I like how long it took to get to the clear they're horrible people. Um, what I was going to say earlier is I liked how that kind of circumvents any kind of like, oh, they're just tied up for half of the movie and trying to escape, like make it yeah. more interesting than that. Way um, more interesting. But another kind of thing that um, that works about it, or a, a way you, uh, another way that you can kind of get away with delaying the sort of more overt horror that long is you really make up for it by going really horrific when you get there. It almost feels more natural, you know, like mm-hmm. I would have on some level felt, let down if it didn't go that extreme for what the movie was. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I just had resigned myself to that just inevitable ending. Mm-hmm. I can know. Cause I, was like, know- I, I know that a kid got it, their tongue right. cut out already. Like I know that's going to happen. Yeah. Of yeah. course it's going to happen in the moment though. You don't know how the escape will or if it True. or how it will play out. I guess what I'm saying is like, it just was a matter of inevitability that they could go there yeah 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 and they did yeah and i also love where they went with the ending of our dear couple here <laughs> bjorn and louise and i was curious because you're the you're, you're always more like projecting um i should say pro- or accurately gleaming any references or sort of meaning behind certain things so all i know is that i loved that they forced them to strip and that they stoned them to death in a pit sure. i thought that was just something so freaky and just evil and got to me about it and visceral, like like the effects of it looked really convincing too. Very. However, I those the made those bruises appear. Um, Harkening back to Shirley Jackson's The Lottery. Okay, which right. Which is a short story that, oh, I wish I, I wish I'd read it before we talked about this, but my memory of it is essentially that a town... They randomly oh, select. They, yeah, that's right. They randomly select somebody in town to be stoned, and it's a it's sort of a tradition of of like almost a gleeful tradition. It's just like what they do. Mm-hmm. And I love that the stoning. I mean, because there's also biblical stonings. I I'm not a big you know like theologian, so I I can't pull up those references, but I know it happens. Um, but. To me, the lottery is a good, you know, thing to to reflect off of because it's taking the horror of stoning somebody, killing them, and putting it into the town square. It is the town just normal thing that they do out of tradition. And I think that the connection you can make from that to this movie is what Patrick says, because you let us like, it's, it's almost like saying we let society be terrible. And that's, yeah. And I it's think it's the permission of it all. That's, that's what I think is so great about the stone, the stripping down and the stoning is it's a continuation almost, maybe it's too metaphorical, whatever here, but of that, because you let us, because right. I'm thinking like when they tell him to strip down, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's hard to get killed by stoning. If, right. If, from, stoning from two people. Even like visually you have, they are up high, they are below, um, the, to add like insult to injury, they made them strip down first. Like, I feel like 
Yeah. I don't know. You know, who knows? But if I was in that situation, I'd be like, no, I'm at least going to die with my clothes on. Like you aren't going <laughs> to get that final whatever. But the fact that, you know, they they continue to be like, you know, you're using the term submissive or whatever. They I'm, continue- I'm going to find the right word for this because okay. I bet you there's a really good one. It's but this lack of fight. Like they have no fight in them. They don't want to, yeah, exert that... Um, Come on, guys. Yeah. But you see Rip how some like heads off. Like you, just like go down in flames. Like right. go down trying. Right. Get get shot. They, uh, he, he had a gun he was holding at them at that point, right? That's how he was getting them to strip. Uh, no. Didn't he? There's no gun. I thought there's okay. Britt and I even looked at each other and we were like, there's no gun, right? <laughs> and we're I'm like, no, I don't like we have not been introduced to a gun at all. Well, we know uh Which yeah. is wild. But anyway, so yeah. It makes it it makes it so much more horrific. Right? Because the fact like, that again, they just are placate to that. Yes, they're th- letting those demands. Them. So they let them he's letting them, yeah, take away their own dignity of stripping down and then getting down into the pit and then yeah and then exactly like kind of yeah where you got where I was going with the stoning um not just the up high down below and mm-hmm. he got in a really mm-hmm. good hit by the way really good aim <laughs> the one first of those. one he hits her with is yeah. just like spot on but My just God. the fact that it's like it's repetitive it takes you know it takes a, a good amount to sort of get the job done like you think they fight or crawl like that the an initial stone would get them to like at least just try to pathetically right. probably but at least just try to run they don't even do that and that's what's so like thought powerful about it is yeah. it's like they just sink into their own you know just helpless self in that moment it's like they've yeah as i said they've sown their seed and it's a great situational metaphor for all that's been uh, set up it is because at the end of the day, it speaks to the broader sense of this that we we as a society, in society, I think often, this is only true for certain sects of society, by the way. Um, we, some swaths of the population, <laughs> I don't want to make this broadly general because it's not because women people of color marginalized groups do not have this experience but everybody else has this experience of of being lulled into a sense of it's all cool like everything's fine and we can talk anything out or or we can you know rationalize anything and so when you're when you have that idea as your foundational like view of the world and then crazy shit starts happening around you, it's almost like your brain just collapses. Your instinct to fight doesn't exist because it's like your brain can't even process the scenario that's going on. I mean, it's a version of shock, I, I guess. Like you could correlate it to, to why it we feel more shock. Like it's just apathy but, but on it some is. deep Yes, level. it's like this deep, deep apathy because you can't even believe that this is happening in or the first place. Or it's just like you, you don't even want to confront believing it or not. You're just Because like, you've never been trained how to. You're just, just, just kill, just yeah, kill, you're just kill me or not. Yeah, you're just resigned to it. Yeah. And that's so depressing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it is very true. It, you know, there's... um. It's like the... The dad beating, you know, kind of roughhousing the kid. Come on, fight back, fight back. Right, right. It's, ugh. Well, I remember too hearing this recently that like in, in, there's there's other components to the the um, 
nervous system responses of like fight or flight. We say fight or flight all the time, but there's also freeze. Like freeze is another uh, response. Continues the alliteration too. It does magically. Um, I think somebody did that purposefully. <laughs> like, like you choose freeze instead of some other I've version of stay still. Yeah. Um, paralyzed. Um, and so like I could, I could justify it in that moment too, that they are just in such a state that like, they don't have the capacity to fight back. Mm -hmm. Not everybody does, mm -hmm. right? Like some people just don't have that because their nervous system does a different thing. I mean, I think we in general hope in those moments that we would have fight and, and fight back. But, like, not everybody's like that, man. So they've also been really messed with throughout this movie that it's it's just such a mind fuck that I, I'm, I'm kind of not surprised that they're resigned. I mean, look what just happened to they what they witnessed their it, daughter exactly, went through. You get, you exactly. could just totally give up at that moment. Yeah. It's almost like they did it in that order in front of them for that reason. Totally. Yeah. Uh, well, anything else you want to say worked for you here? I think that I think that pretty well covers it. I mean, we could go on and on. I think every little moment is has this stuff in it. So <laughs> yeah. it's like you know, go we'll watch the movie if you haven't watched it, or watch it again. Great. All right, then we can move on to our next big section here. What did not work? It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? <laughs> I think that it is a very fine line. As much as I am compelled to justify a lot of the behavior in the movie, I I don't know. I want to say that it doesn't work fully, I guess. <laughs> what I've justified. Like, it's really difficult for me to watch that movie, in particular, the final act, what we were just talking about. I think that had we been given inside the car when the tongue is being cut, had we gotten some, just a little bit more, or a lot more, of Bjorn and Luis, like, viscerally animalistically fighting for that to not happen and then being subdued and just being helpless mm -hmm, mm -hmm. would have solved almost all of, of, of that feeling of yeah. like, it was hard because it, it, it almost, I don't know, maybe it did just work for me, but I see, I could kind of, that I could agree with you too. The way that, um, bad dude, Patrick was able to, <laughs> just physically punch out Bjorn. It feels yeah. like he basically knocked him half unconscious with a yeah. few punches. Right. In, in, I mean, I hate to be like... He was a big dude. Technical about it, but in a small space like that, it's it's actually pretty hard to to like hit somebody really hard because you don't have... Looks like he did. He, it he's looked a, like He's it. a strong guy. But like if if you and I were the, like really close and I, and I had to throw like a seated punch at you it wouldn't be as powerful as if you're like standing up and you can like put your weight behind it and really give you well, a, you hit a, him a knock multiple times i agree and like maybe it just speaks to the the nature of the characters 
and that's fine. But I just kept thinking, damn, man, you know, like, like, get your feet up in there. Like, you're in a car, you're on your ass. Like, fucking start kicking him. Like, kick him in the head. Like, push, put, like, push against the door and, like, just, like, flail like a complete insane person and, and hope for the best. Like, something. Your daughter is getting their goddamn tongue cut out. I feel that. And is yeah. about to get kidnapped forever. And you are going to die if you don't give it everything you have. So the movie I feel like is saying that was everything he had. Mm -hmm. And that's really depressing. Which is, is set up in a way of I him know. saying, yeah, I know there's another me in there yet. Who have I become? Okay. But I think that they're missing. Right. You could have explored that just as well or even better. Had he tried to show that of himself. Right. Well, to me, what they missed is why have the screaming over the pit scene if you're not going to get Bjorn to, well, or roar. Let's call it a roar because that's kind of right. what it is. Could have been a good callback. He roars and makes a valiant effort. Right. And and then it can, it can also fail. It can still fail. He roars and then pathetically still gets punched out. Right. Yeah. But to not get that, I think, is the, is the, the one real, like, miss mm -hmm. of the movie. Um, and that you, oh, it could have been great then if like, if that had happened, it would have been all that much more just horrible and, and juicy. If then, you know, after that attempt, they had just kind of laughed at them after they subdued them again. Yeah. Oh, big, scary man. All of a sudden Bjorn. Right, right. Other than that though, like nothing, nothing really stuck out. I, 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 I did sort of mention this, the, like the, it's, it's a plot issue that, he sees the pictures and then slinks around more and discovers Abel. I didn't quite I don't get like why. It. I, I, it just, it felt, yeah. it felt wrong. I, to I me. don't, it felt, I can, I can kind of think about it now, but it felt a little distracting about, uh, that they would kill Abel then and there the way, I mean, why was his dead body in the pool? Why did they kill him then? I guess it was just because they were getting ready to, replace him I, that's a good question actually it's a little murky right is it because they're getting ready to replace him they've they've said oh we've got them enough. did they want to just set off this course of events and get him to leave that's, that's possible because he does patrick does kind of he's overt about it mm -hmm. enough to get seemingly enough to get bjorn to to take notice and then lead him out outside mm-hmm so sure, but I, I just think that whole sequence becomes a little murky. And it still works, but I kept saying like, it's almost like we've had too many instances of Bjorn not reacting enough that I was like, this one's, this is the one where you go, no, actually now it's time to get with it. Like yeah. get inside and get your family out of there. Which I I did read that that way, so maybe we differ there. But. Once he gets inside, yes. But I think that there's actually, that maybe it's just a missed opportunity for him to be like the oh shit of it all. Like, I didn't see him in that moment like go, I have to get my family now. Mm -hmm. I think we just kind of cut to him coming into the bedroom being like, we got to go. And I, I don't know, for me, it, it just is a thing I wanted. Mm -hmm. Not, nothing really more than that. All right. Maybe. Uh, my only real things were just my weird little like 
stylistic things more so with mm. uh kind of like an, another movie that's kind of uh similar vein overlap i guess as far as these um uh takes place in real life people exploiting one another but uh lake bottom uh just kind of bugs me when you have like night scenes shot a certain way <laughs> when you knew i was just laughing because you knew i was gonna that this is my taste i remember there's a shot of the field where the the blow up light whatever they have that's simulating the moon is just off camera and it's so bright and i was like yeah <sighs> for movies like this like i like it where it's just looks i don't know you it, it crossed the line where i don't want it to look lit i want it right. to look like this is really really happening uh not being able to see in the darkness and all yeah so that little thing whatever but uh, but since most of it was kind of during the day looked pretty good i was still yeah. able to get into it but more just a matter of taste thing whatever yeah and then another little stylistic thing it was weird i kept going back and forth depending on when it was used they're sort of technique of blasting intense music it was like pretty mm. minimal on the score oh, i forgot about that you yeah. sort of had these transitions of just sort of like setting up them driving whatever whatever a flash forward is how i think it, sorry or maybe it was another couple at the beginning i forget they had uh, some cold open yeah. that used it and that first one kind of took me out where it was just like so much it was like the car driving yeah. down from the point of view oh you know what that is is that's patrick and and karen being late to the to the hotel oh right 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 so um so anyway but it's like this over the top operatic like orchestrated like it's like whoa whoa how does this relate to the movie which i think it's cool just as a sort of technique to be like all right what's been done where are we at with the sort of ways in horror movies where you want to set up that intense stuff is going to go down big emotions, da, mm -hmm. da, da. So I, I respected it. And, and there were a couple moments where I think I'm like, okay, this is feeling right, right here. I'm into the movie now, but it was weird. Is this kind of like yeah. one of those hit or miss things maybe on a second viewing would be better. You know what it makes me think is that there's an attempt in the, the overall thematics of this to say that this is a, a tragic opera. Mm. And so they, because it is. I mean, it, I mean, it, with that it, it ending, follows, the stoning yeah, feels that way. Yeah, it follows operatic tragedy like kind of form pretty well. And so they're the attempt seems to be that 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 they're they're using that music to to kind of signify that, or at least to give it that that like feel. I just don't think it it was used delicately i guess enough but that was the technique is inherently about not being delicate i know i don't mean yes i yeah it's that it, it doesn't it doesn't it's not wrapped up in that in in a full way to me mm -hmm. for the movie mm -hmm. and it could it could have been you could have really leaned into that and i think that maybe would have been cool too but it felt like they kind of half it should have Did been it. more or less somehow. Yes. Yes. But I, I mean, I, I like that there's the attempt at the, the sort of operatic nature of the story. Yeah, that's, no, exactly. That's cool. Did and did not work. Well, any other things of note you have? Oh, are we there? Oh, right. Sorry, I forgot. We're on what, any other, did, what did not work? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, then we can move on to what yeah. I just said. All right. 
as I just said, here we go. Things of note. Things of note! (laughs) This should be interesting. Okay, I have a question. It's not a, a, a worked or didn't work, but it, 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 it is a question that I was left at left with at the end of the movie. The, the final scene has them with their new daughter, Agnes, mm-hmm. going back to the same, like, hotel? Or is this a new hotel? Because if it's the same hotel, can that work? My... I, I think I, I, cause I didn't know what to be thinking then maybe my brain was going all kinds of places. So I thought this was just part of like, um, a kind of, um, you know, a, a, a child slavery ring, whatever you call that. And like, this was some other like group of people who had bought another kid. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So you, the final scene <laughs> made you feel like that all of those families that were now seen, <laughs> Are other Patrick and Karens that have been doing the same shit? I realize it's, yeah, probably not. It now, I mean, but. listen, that's a read. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's a true, bold read well, on it. I think it was just because of what I was expecting was that that's what they were doing with the kid. I guess rather now is it's just they sort of just always kill and then replace. Well, they the, get to the have a one. kid at the same age forever, right? Well, like, I, I think that's the horror. To me, that's more horrifying. I was just so on the read of like when he's like, oh, I don't. I don't believe in a working that that basically meant what their grift was, was selling kidnapping and selling kids. Oh yeah. That, that I, I kind of took it one step back from there where I was like, you can kind of, by killing these people, you can kind of live for about a year off of like to sell their, their stuff, their selling car. their stuff, bank accounts. Maybe if you can, if you can get into yeah. that, but, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. That was my horrific kind of like read on it was but they're then, chopping then, off the tongues of kids and selling them. But why kill Abel then? Yeah, no. So that, I don't, that does kind of. So I think what you just asked me if what it was is it. <laughs> you yeah. Know, that makes well, sense. <laughs> my, the reason I even posed that question, because I was like, well, we've got a logic problem if they're going back to the same yeah, hotel. Also, sorry. Yeah. It just says as the couple target another vacationing family for their next potential murder, so I'll it say it can't be the same hotel. So uh yes. It can't because can you imagine you run and work or both run a hotel in Tuscany and ev- and every year Patrick and Karen show up with a new kid. Yeah. And it just so happens to be the kid that you saw the year earlier. Didn't you have a, a daughter last year or is a yeah. son? Hey, isn't that isn't that uh, uh our guest from last year's kid, Bjorn Bjorn and Luisa's yeah. kid, Agnes. Uh what are you what are you doing with her? Oh, her tongue's gone too. No, so they're in Europe, man, so they can lots of vacationing That's hot right. spots at their disposal. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it's got to be that. It can't be the same one. My uh I just wanted to pose to you bring up what we were talking about earlier about when you're making your uh, PSA of uh, just speak up, you were saying, right? So where, yeah, so in general, I think we could say that you think people could and should speak up more than the couple did in this movie, as an example. Yeah. So is there a way, so I'm kind of asking, doesn't that, if they were to, if, you know, using this, them as an example, or just to say in real life, 
if one is two, doesn't that make for a more honest and therefore like satisfying relationship? And what do you think that sort of line is of like, that's always my, I don't want to say Achilles heel, could be my own trap where I'm like, how far can you push saying things to people and being yourself, quote unquote, you know? Like well, what, and, and does that change, you know, you know, I guess, I guess the way I would kind of try and frame it is that you are only responsible for yourself. So you always start there. And so if your expression of your needs, that's still you being responsible for yourself. So you don't have to, in expressing your needs, you don't have to be like, critical of the other person even like that's not necessary in that interaction so if you do if ryan does something that makes tim uncomfortable i can just say hey that made me uncomfortable i'm letting you know turn the music down so you can you can do with that what you want but i'm letting it known so that i can make a choice. I can choose to leave. It, it, what it does is it, it, it allows the other person to take some personal responsibility without you demanding it. You just open the door for it. Mm. And they, they, some people will, some people won't like that's their problem. You are not, our job is not to like, like educate people into being a certain way that, that doesn't, I just don't think that works. I think most of the time when you try to do that, especially with people who are pathologically bad at boundaries, they push back. Like they, they'll double down or they'll find a way to like try to turn it around on you or whatever. So in my experience, that's kind of futile. But, but what you always can do is just be honest and express your boundary. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, hey, I'm not comfortable with that. The end. It, and, and, and if you do it in a way that is non-combative, which I think is also important most of the time, then, you're, then you have taken personal responsibility and your, your job is done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, can, you can step away, you so, can do whatever. So, I mean, that's what the more interesting thing is then maybe it's like, then, but it feels like people won't always speak up in that way. No, they won't because we we do Which this. Which is the, them in this movie. Right. We do this thing where we anticipate reaction. And that's actually like, that's, that's the, the, like the flaw of, of humans. I think a lot of the time is that we have all these conditionings of like beha- how to behave, what, like what is appropriate, what's not appropriate. Women in particular experience this because society is western society has been really harsh about telling them that they have to behave in certain ways or else right and i think that's true with marginalized groups as well um but like white straight men generally like they they've been given all these allowances and so like i think a lot of people don't even realize they're being assholes I mean, you've put me in a really awkward position where you're like, <laughs> are making me defend white straight men. But I feel like plenty of times you don't have in, to. in my life, I, I would want to say, do that exact thing of like, oh, well, I, I want to do this, but I can't. Well, that's different though. Mm-hmm. Wanting to do something and defending your boundary are two very different things. Mm-hmm. Like 
I, you know, like I want to like, I don't know, a, a, a want is, it can be a crude thing and it, and it can invade Right, another no, person. Sorry, boundaries. yeah, you, you were talking specifically about the being on the, the end of speaking up or not. When I was coming right. back more from the other side of like the being yourself or not. Sure, sure, but I guess what I'm saying is like, as you know, in a culture of patriarchy and misogyny, it's often frowned upon as as the the like the person who you know the white straight dude of that social construct it's frowned upon you to speak up for yourself because that shows some sort of weakness which mm-hmm. i think is really weird but like the i think the reason it sh- it's looked at as a weakness by assholes is because the dominant thing if you call out a dominant behavior, a patriarchal, misogynistic, dominant behavior, if you call that out, then you're calling out the entire system and you're lumped in with the people who are at the mercy of that system suddenly. And so those people, the system views those people as weak and subservient by design. And so they then say, well, now you're being like them. So you're so I, yeah. you're a loser, or you're woke, or whatever the <laughs> whatever the term of the day is to describe somebody who just stands up for themselves. Yes, I <laughs> I agree with all you said, and those are all I think in terms of like the yes the cultural influence level. Uh, what I think is really interesting too, because it feels less talked about, is how this all applies on an individual's or different level where like man, woman, whoever you identify as marginalized or not, I think there's kinds of like people who let's say there's like types of people and it's like for this person who's like, they need to learn to like, like the dude, they, they're like Bjorn, they need to speak up and like say something. But that's a value. That, you, that's you, a judgment on, on like needs is, is an interesting, I think gets you into a murky territory. Okay. Well, mincing words, but it's basically there's people who have Bjorn's problem and there's people who have the opposite of Bjorn's problem. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's like interesting. Are and, you hurting people? Like that's to me, that's the, that's the line. Yeah. 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 Are you hurting people? Like, and 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 Are I don't you, mean physically necessarily. I'm like in in all respects. Is your desire to express your truest self destructive in some way mm-hmm. or not? And mm-hmm. if it's not, fine. Mm-hmm. But if it is, you're an asshole. You're being an asshole, right? No. So that's what I'm saying. There's like the people who are the overt assholes who mm-hmm. then need to do the opposite of like, no, maybe stop speaking up so much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then yeah. I think there are the Bjorns right. who need to speak up more. Totally. And that's something that I'm really interested in because I think it sort of works. Of course, there's the cultural influence, but I think we like only look at that lens a lot. And I think, and then kind of want to apply it like to sort of downstream because maybe more people are under like sort of on the cultural influence side. But I think like there's individuals who's have very different issues where they could be total opposites as far as what you'd want to tell them advice wise, as far as in this case, like social interaction, speaking Mm up or not. Um, It's also, is, is is what you're doing a manipulation tool? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like that's this movie is that's, that's what we're watching. And, and 
people, I guess I'm going to make a broad statement. I think people manipulate other people for gain of some sort. So, so like what we were talking about earlier, uh, networking and getting a job that's just at your next level. Yeah, you can say that's great. You deserve. You know, you're you're fighting for for yourself here to get this job. But then, could you also say what you're saying? Oh, you're just manipulating this this uh, connection to to work your way up. That's selfish. Yeah, but that's a value judgment, mm-hmm. right? And so that be that's what I mean is like that's that stuff starts to become murky, like is everything selfish? You know, it's yeah, like you, yeah, start, yeah, yeah. you start to boil it down and you're like, well, what are we even talking about then, right? But if you're manipulating for gain at, the, at, the, um, uh, at somebody else's expense, that's bad. Mm-hmm. If you're manipulating for gain and there is no like consequence, I don't know, maybe that's okay. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. I have to act now. I'm like, well, that's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Is that okay too? If for me in my like whatever, like my construct of ethics, maybe, I don't know. I tend not to do any of the above, which then I'm like, well, damn it. Come on, man. Get it together and do something. That's, and that's but kind don't of. don't be an asshole. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like there's the Bjorn series say, yeah, come on, man, get together. Then don't be an asshole. Hmm. Yeah. Or you want to say, tell an asshole, dude, be more like Bjorn. Just. I, let, I want to tell assholes, and maybe this is a bad thing, but I want to let them know when they're being an asshole. Mm-hmm. And that, that's just me, I think, being a little bit self-righteous. And then to tie, I mean, it back to my initial question then, if that's someone you're close to or growing close to, I think then that does build a stronger connection sure. over time. Yeah. You may have a little like tiffs along the way, right? but at least you're kind of helping and sussing each other out being like, I, I think I remember. So I got really mad at someone who like, she like would th- like litter her cigarettes and I'm just like, I'm like, I like, what are you doing? Like I'm sure. walking here too. Like right, this right. is my neighborhood too. Yeah. <laughs> like, so you're just gonna wait for me to come back and pick it up here. Or like I went and picked it up. She's like, what are you doing? I'm um, like, well, I don't like walking around right. trash. But that, but that's an interesting example because that has a bigger implication. It has a global implication. It mm. has a, everybody is affected by that implication. Yeah. The greater good is affected by that. Right. But then to see it from their perspective, they literally didn't think of it as something strange. So actually, this is a good example. I was at the bar the other day and a guy was on the patio smoking a joint. You're not allowed to smoke on premise, period, in any establishment. Like, unless it's really like the licensed designated, like here's where you can smoke. But typically in LA you have to be on the sidewalk or away from the, 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 the business, like mm-hmm. 10 feet or something like that. And this guy's smoking a joint. I was like, I was like, Hey, come on, man. Like in the, in the, in this way I presented it was like, you know, the rules. I didn't say that. I just was like, Hey man, you can't smoke out here. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what, what, why? Or, I mean, everybody else was. And I was like, Oh, Hey, I'm not coming at you. Like, yeah. I have a problem with you. I'm just telling you that that's the that's the rule, dude. Like I'm I'm just enforcing the rule. It's, it's zero personal like aspect to this. I don't I don't care where you smoke in actuality. Mm-hmm. But you will the business will get fined <laughs> if you're out here. So don't take it personal. That's for the greater good, right? And he got 
super ruffled about it to the point where I had to be like, yo, it's not that serious. There's a door right there. You could just step out onto the sidewalk. It's all good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah. not mad at you. You're, you don't have to defend yourself, <laughs> right? Let's just, I'm just go 10 feet over there and you're good. The, the, the guy smoking a joint getting uh, irate, it's just the... I was like, <laughs> I was like this is irony. Yeah. <laughs> like it truly is. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, so it's stuff like that where it's like, I'm not exactly sure why I use that example, but the greater good, it's, it's not a personal attack. Mm-hmm. And so if the person is, is unwittingly doing a thing and you inform them that there are people out here that would appreciate it if you didn't do it that way. Oh my God. I mean, I wanted to be, sometimes it feels like you do want to be an asshole back to make a point. Like, I know. I, I, would, know. I was driving, I was when I was working Culver City oh and God, commuting we do here. We driving all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I know. No, get this. I mean, you've probably seen it. I was on La Brea, stopped. The car in front of me, they like took out their whole like giant bag of finished fast food. Oh no. And just put it on the ground. No. And just like on the middle of the street. I wanted to like pick it up, put it back, I've hand it that. back to them and be like, oh, sorry, you dropped this. I, yeah, I have done that I, once. I've once, done that I've, once on Franklin. I was so mad. I did that once on the street. I forget what it was, but I, I played it off so innocent that they that it worked, where I was just like, oh, uh, I think you dropped this. Uh, oh, uh, uh, thanks. <laughs> no, yes. I, oh, God, yeah, this is a... So littering really gets to Tim and I. It does. You know what else gets there. to me? Hmm. If you throw something at me, I have like a visceral, like immediate, like I'm going to fight you. Think fast, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, not, not exactly that. Cause that's kind of fun. But like, if, if, if I'm in a, like an argument with you or something and you like, this has happened when I've worked in bars and it's, <laughs> and it's, it's comical in hindsight because what's been thrown at me most of the time is not stuff that can hurt me, mm-hmm. but it's the act of aggression mm-hmm. that just immediately, like, I, I mean, I've never thrown a punch in my life. I'm, I'm a fairly passive person, but I have tackled people to the ground. Wait, sorry. So people were throwing things at you in a bar that wasn't playful? Yes. So like, I had a guy where I was, he was too drunk. I cut him off. I told him like, you know, it's time to go. And he like fought back. He was like, fuck you. Like, like yeah, I'm fine, bro. And like made a whole thing. And I was like, no, dude, like get out of here. And it got to the point where I was like, had to be like, get the fuck out of here, like yelling at him. And he turned around and then he, he turned back and had grabbed something and I didn't know what it was. And he threw it in my face. All it actually was, was a stack of cocktail napkins. So they just fluttered around me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But because of the, the, the intent of the move, like I'm going to, I'm going to throw this thing at you in aggression. I lost my shit. Mm -hmm. I I literally jumped over the bar and, and tackled him and dragged him outside. Dude. And, and, and my buddy who was working the door was just like laughing at it the whole time. He was like, man, you really, you really don't like napkins. Yeah. And I was like, it's not about the napkins, man. It's about the intent, right? Like it's about the, the act of aggression. Dude, that's, Intense, man. You you aggressed him right back. I did. <laughs> it snapped, Tim. Jeez. <laughs> That's what happens when you work in a bar for a number of years. You, your fuse just becomes ever so shrinking. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I don't know why we got on this. What's the line? The line. That's true. And and so and and I, you know, like admittedly, in in that moment, I I 
cross the line. There's no reason for me to respond that way, but I had just had enough. And I was like, you don't get to do that. The line and when can we cross just enough to make for a better relationship? Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard because the, we are in a time of everybody thinking that their opinion has weight and validity because of like social media or Twitter or whatever, whatever. And that creates this very strange dynamic because the amount of uninformed opinions now that I see, like, you know, I'm on Twitter looking at the, the DC comics, you know, movie universe that's getting shifted and people are out, they're unhinged, man. They say stuff that makes absolutely no sense because they don't know anything I, about the, the industry. It's funny you, you put it that way because I think it's like we want the town square where everyone can speak, but it just so happens that the majority of people who do just feel like it's not as nuanced as you want. It's in, no, it's not at all. But that, then shouldn't that be... Should that onus be on them to, this is the, the, you know, in the asshole term we were using earlier, they aren't necessarily assholes, but like, then shouldn't the onus be on not them to speak less, but for other people to speak more? Uh, that would be nice, but that's not what's happening. Mm -hmm. And so it's, a, it, it's sort of a numbers game. So currently. Then, so then do you, do you respond I, I to them? I call stuff Tim? out. Yeah. Every once in a while. I don't do it a lot, but I do it when I'm like, dude, th come on, this is egregious. Like yeah. you don't, especially when it comes to industry stuff. So for example, there's a bunch of people on Twitter who are saying uh, some, I think the hashtag is like Netflix buy or Netflix purchase the Snyderverse. And what that is asking for is for Zack Snyder's Justice League, like, DC comic book universe that was sort of a, a shared universe thing that had been going on that then ended and got murky and like now they're totally rebooting or maybe like partially rebooting under James Gunn and blah, blah, blah. There are all these people who are so into the version or the, the that snacks that Zack Snyder wanted to create that they're demanding that Netflix buy that version of the DC superhero universe properties that includes Superman and Wonder Woman and Batman and Aquaman and the Flash and all these things. And I'm like, guys, that's not how IP works. Warner Brothers owns DC Comics. They own those characters and they own the contracts for anybody to make a movie with those, those characters. Could Warner Brothers hand over that IP to another studio contractually? Sure. Would they? Never in a million years. It's one of the only things they have going for them. Not that it's going well, but it's going. That's an editorial comment. So the idea that people are out there being like, "Why well, just have Netflix buy it. It's like, that, that's, that's an impossibility. And it's not how, that's like saying... I mean, honestly, that's like saying, just fly the plane with a car engine. <laughs> it, the, the, two things can't, they, they don't do the, the, the thing that you're asking for. So asking for it is completely absurd. Now, am I, like, I get where they're coming from. They want a thing. <laughs> but, like, the thing can't happen. So, like, be smarter about what you're asking for. 
Don't just, they're just throwing things into this fucking, you know, Twitter sphere being like, it's childish. I want this. Yeah, I, I want, you know, to eat a quesadilla every meal of my life. But it's not good for me. So I'm not going to do it. Like, that's, that's child talk. Like, that's infant talk. Eh. Uh, and here you are speaking no evil, Tim, on your own platform. <laughs> oh, you know what? I, there was one last thing of note about that. Do you know what the speak no evil reference is? I mean, hear, hear no evil, speak no evil, see no evil. Yeah, so in the, in the Bible, um, it even goes on to say uh, there's, there's more to it that is more reflective of this movie. Oh man, do I have it? Uh, well, I really liked that the original title is, uh, I don't know how you say it in Danish, but translates to guests, which I oh. think that really gets at the themes for me, you know? Yeah. Like how, oh, how, yes, you're stepping into someone else's space, literally, metaphorically. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't have the right sinister ring. I get it. But I think that's cool. Guests. Yeah, there's a whole part of the speak no evil in the Bible. It's mentioned more than once, obviously. But there's a thing of like, you shouldn't like, you shouldn't also not speak up, mm -hmm. you know, for yourself kind mm. of thing. There's an, a component of that. I wish I could find the actual reference. But again, I'm not a Bible guy. All right. Well, then... I think we can uh, wind down and speak less about Speak No Evil. You good for that? I am. All right. All right. All right. DC got that out of your system. <laughs> All right. Littering is bad, people. I'll come behind you, pick it up, and shame you. All right. Here we go. Uh, let's wind down with some recommendations. I was sorting uh, on Letterboxd most popular films from the 1970s I had not seen. Way up there, which I had not seen, was All That Jazz. I watched it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Worth oh. all the acclaim. I think I've seen that. Have I seen With that? With Roy Schneider, Bob Fosse movie. Ah, oh, man, I know of it. I don't remember if I've seen it. How about you? What do you recommend, Ed? There's a part of me that wants to... <laughs> recommended another volcano movie Let's keep it up but it was so brutal i'll recommend it but but like fair 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 warning it's really upsetting how it's, many volcano movies are out there well two right now it's called the volcano it's a rescue from wakari i think is how it was said it's a documentary it's a documentary oh, okay too. and it's about this particular um volcano erupting while a bunch of people were on the like a tourist like tour was on the volcanic island and many people died and it's like the account of it and it is like it's really really horrific and super sad and harrowing and all those things but like what if you are, <laughs> I don't know how to put this it's not for the faint of heart. Let's just put it that way. It, like many people died and the survivors recount the, the horror of it. And it is truly, truly horrible, horrifying. So <laughs> at your own risk, watch the volcano. Cool. It's pretty, pretty. You can pretty make it a volcano harsh. double feature with what you recommended. That's uh, right. 
last episode. I would watch Fire of Love maybe after. Okay. Because it's a little more... Um, it's not as depressing. It's it, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's some beauty in Fire of Love, let's put it cool. that way. Great. All right, well... Everyone, thanks for being not just on this journey with us for today's episode, which was 199, but for the last 99 episodes, if you've been here, it's been 100 episodes since our episode 100 recap. So to celebrate another 100 episodes, next episode, we'll be doing something similar. We're going to be counting down or up our (laughs) top nine films we've watched from these last 99 episodes. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, and then just keep the focus on that. Um, maybe we'll shout out some, um, some uh, indelible moments. And then uh, we'll be back for more after that. Oh, and it's our, our next episode too. We're excited. We're gearing up for a more produced version that will hopefully evolve and better over time into somewhat a new format as we shift from a podcast emphasis to a YouTube show emphasis just in time for episode 200 here. All right. So uh, yeah, you can find us found. You can find us wherever you're found us. We got dismemberinghorror.com that will link you to some things, but uh, in closing, whether you're a, a Bjorn or an asshole, thanks for listening. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>